This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your autos. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. I'm Liz Gill. Now, where do you get your vehicle information? Besides us, <laughs> how about your owner's manual? That's one place. You might have gloves, coins, old traffic tickets and such in your glove compartment, but I also hope you've got your owner's manual we're going to talk about uh, where to get your information between your repair questions. You know, one time I borrowed my sister's car, and it was really cold outside. And I thought, oh, my gosh, what if there were gloves in the glove compartment? And there were. Well, she was prepared. Oh, my gosh. That was the most amazing thing. She's She's been my hero ever since then. Hello, Coach Charlie. How are you? I'm doing just great yourself. I'm doing great. We are going to get to where we get our information, but let's go ahead and go to the phone's uh, go to DeSoto County and Bruno. Bruno, what's up with you? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I called y'all last week, too, about my same vehicle, my Dodge Ram. Uh, if you remember, I'm the one that had the uh, the lamp out. Uh, uh, dash light kept coming on even though none of my lamps were out. So um still working on that because all of a sudden it stopped. It stopped doing that. So I, I guess maybe it was just a glitch. But now I've got a, a separate issue. Um for some reason, Coach, uh, the other day when I went to cut on my uh, blower, you know, for the heater, it wasn't cut on, period. I said, what in the world is going on here? Well, anyway, I, I parked my truck. I had to go in where I was going. I come back out, and it, and it cut on just fine. It's been just fine ever since. I was wondering if you'd give me some uh, your two cents on what may have caused that. Well, you know that uh, vehicle has a blower relay in there, and that blower relay could have been stuck. And that's the first thing I would check and see if the blower relay is stuck. And how you can do that, you can always, uh, in the um, fuse panel, there's always another one just like it. Just swap it out and see what you got. Oh, okay. Well, so my, my mechanic friend, he, he should know that and which, which fuse to look at anyway, shouldn't he? Oh, yeah. It would be a relay, not a fuse. It would be a relay itself because those what sticks. What happens, the contacts in those relays get uh, corroded. And they may stick uh-huh. once or twice, and then uh, by you messing with it, the electricity's going through it and make it unstick. All right. So, it was, and, and uh, I hope I'm not putting words in your mouth, but I'm, I'm going to ask you this: It's really not that big of a deal, then? Uh, no. Uh, like I say, if your fan, you know, the blower motor itself, you have a resistor in there that uh, controls the speeds of your vehicle of the fan motor, and then you just have where it plugs up, and it's very easy to get to. It's on the right uh, side of your. Uh, uh, right underneath your dash on the right side. Well, sounds good, my friend. Well, I really enjoy y'all's show. I got where I try to listen to it every week when I'm able, and uh, I wish you uh, continued success. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Bruno. All right, y'all have a great day. You too. Yes, ma'am. So speaking of fuses, if you wanted to check your fuses, Coach, how would I know where my fuses are in my vehicle? Well, there is in the owner's manual, there is like two or three pages of fuses, and it gives you the color for the amperage, and it gives you the description of every fuse and every relay in that owner's manual. Awesome. Um, I know with my vehicle, they give you one free owner's manual, but you could also buy one if you don't happen to have one. It, It kind of... 
you know, I'm not sure if are there people who drive around without their owner's manual in the car? Oh, there's a lot of them. They get lost or somebody else owns the vehicle. They get they get thrown away because they may get wet. And the only place you can get a owner's manual is from the dealer and they do not have them in stock. They will have to order those because every car comes with a owner's manual. And so they will not have none of them in stock whatsoever. So what all else are good things you can find in the owner's manual? Well, you think about uh, the owner's manual, you can talk about lubrications of your oil. For, um, matter of fact, a lot of specifications are in there, the size of the engine you have, uh, how many horsepower the engine has. It uh, tells you the type of uh, oil, type of if you had uh, electric steering, tells you if you had power steering. According to what it, uh, it, it just tells you so many things of information. So first thing, you need to make sure that you read that owner's manual from the front to the back. And usually that's my kind of thing. I don't tell anybody. I've kind of fallen down with my with my new car doing it, but it it does give you so much information. You may know about a feature you didn't have. I just discovered my steering wheel warmer button on the the car today. But all those kind of features and I guess it, it is good because sometimes the owner's manual might have different trim levels in there so you do need to know which audio system you have which which trim level but it, you know it can help you find what's in your car so that you know it's there yeah and the owner's manuals for the vehicle if you have a honda it's all generic it's going to be the exact same one for the honda um, if it has another trim level, it'll tell you. A lot of times, if you look in the fuse panel, there'll be missing fuses or missing relays. Well, that means that you don't have that accessory. But it'll still be in the owner's manual. You can uh, get troubleshooting uh, tips out of the owner's manual as well. You know, just say if something was wrong with it, they'd give you some types of tip. If it wouldn't start, they'd tell you a few things, how to start your car if it wouldn't start. Uh, they'll tell you about... Um, if you think about that and tell you about warranty, that's one thing. They'll tell you everything about your warranty, what's covered and what's not covered, and how long it's covered. So it's really important that, you know, a lot of people don't read that owner's manual because all those dashes and symbols on the dash, you know, you got to know what all those are. If you uh driving down the road and a wrench comes up, you need to know what that wrench means, you know. Yeah, I love that it, it you know, has a picture and it tells you where the emoji is and where it comes up. I love that. You know, I keep it in there just for jump starting because I don't know. It's one that is one piece of information. I hear it, I hear it a hundred million times, and then it just passes right out of my head, and my brain doesn't even ever seem to store it because I know it's in my owner's manual. So right. I like to keep that and changing the tire. And it has uh, maintenance schedules in there. Matter of fact, you can find all your maintenance schedules, and you can record your maintenance and keep up with that vehicle as well. Oh, uh, that. If you teach your kids one thing, <laughs> teach them to uh, fill out that uh, maintenance schedule so that they know when they did what they did to the vehicle. And that's true. Another thing, you have several different books in the uh, car, in the glove box. You may have one for your stereo. Now, if you lose battery voltage to your car, most cars now lock you out of the stereo. you got to be able to find the code so you can uh, operate your stereo again. So there's a lot of different things, a lot of, you know, if you have tires on the, the new tires on the vehicle, there's even a book in there to tell you what type of tires, what the warranty is on those tires as well. Keep all that great information. We've got a lot of calls. Let's go ahead and go to Moss Point and talk with McCollum. What's going on at Moss Point? What's your comment or question for Coach Charlie? 
Uh, I just purchased a uh, 2009 Mercedes C-Class, and and the battery is all the way down. I don't know where the battery is, uh, first of all. And someone told me it was under my driver's side seat, and and but the seat is is all the way back, so I can't bring it forward because the uh, I think the controls is is by the console, and 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 I can't get to the battery if it's under the seat. And it's not going to be on the driver's side seat on, uh, in the front. It's not going to be there. Most likely, look in the trunk. It's going to be on your right side, uh, underneath the. I can't get. I, I can't get in the trunk because uh, the key uh, doesn't work. Well, how about the key that's in the you have on that key fob? You should have another little button on that key fob that will pull out a key. Yeah, uh, uh, I did that, but uh, it, it it won't it won't even enter into uh, the hole. Mm, well. I don't know what the deal is on that. Unless somebody has tried to break into the vehicle and damage the uh, lock. You know, like I'm saying, you should be able to stick okay. that key in there. But that's where your battery is. Up under the seat? No, not under the seat. Underneath the, uh, open, go to the trunk, raise it up, and then where your spare tire and everything would be, the battery's on your yeah. right-hand side, right underneath there. Okay. Thanks, thanks a lot. Yes, sir. Thank you. I know we lost a, a key one time and you know, had to go get a, a new key. And at that time, you didn't have to show anything. <laughs> well, now you, you gotta, just said the VIN number. Yeah, now you got to show proof of purchase of the vehicle that you own that vehicle, like a registration or something saying you own that vehicle because they will not cut you a key. Right. Let's go on the phone still to Elias, who's calling in from Jackson. Elias, what's going on? We're glad you've called in to Coach Charlie. Yes. Uh, how are you today? It's Alias. Doing oh, just great. Alias, we're so glad. What's up? What's up? I'm. I want to hear. I have a, a Dodge Caravan too, so I want to. I want. I'm going to listen. Okay, I've got a '98 Dodge Grand Caravan. I can be driving for a while, and then it'll just cut off. And after it's set a while, it'll start back up. And you can drive it a while and crank it, and crank it. Then after another while, you can be in your driveway. You go out there and turn the switch. It'll act like it wants to make an attempt to crank, and then it won't say anything. So and then that, after a while, you go back out there. It'll start and keep start, keep start. Okay, first thing I would do on that one is first I take the battery cables off, clean the battery cables because that will cause that problem as well. Uh, you want to make sure that the ignition switch, now once again, it has a, it has a relay for the ignition switch. Okay, it'd be in the fuse panel, and it'll say re- ignition switch relay. You may have two of them. You want to check those two uh, relays, make sure they're not sticking, because they're sticking, that's going to cause a problem. So I would check the uh, battery first, then I'd check the ignition switch relays on that one. Okay, I've already checked the batteries, cleaned the battery cables. Okay, so that's all good. So you know you got good power there then, right? So you, you, Yes, right. It's got good power, the lights and everything come on, no problem. Okay, I'd go ahead and check that as ignition switch relay because it should have one or two relays in there that you need to check. It's not a fuse because a fuse does not work intermittently. It's going to work all the time. But a relay could go out, and it could do it anytime, anywhere. Ignition relay switch. Right. Okay, thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. If you've got a question, send us your emails, auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about where you can get information about your car, your owner's manual, or other places. That's between your repair questions. Is your car under recall? 
We're going to tell you some of the newest ones next. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Coach Charlie Melton. I'm Liz Gill. And if you want even more AutoCorrect, find our podcast on all podcasting platforms for your smart device. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. So here's some recent recalls. Model year 2021 Cadillac Escalade, Escalade SESV SUVs, uh, Suburbans, Tahoes, Yukons, Yukon XLs. The daytime running lights may not deactivate when the headlights are on. So that's a recall. And the 2122 Bronco SUVs, the rear camera image might not disappear when you put it into drive. Well, you know, you're talking about recalls. And, uh, that really sort of goes back along, if you think about the living law that we have uh, all over the country, they have a living law. If these things cannot be fixed, you can have that vehicle. You can go through arbitration and have that vehicle bought back from you from the manufacturer. And there are ways to find all that, but all of that is in the owner's manual as well, talking about arbitration, the lemon laws they have. So you could, there's so much information that you could learn from that owner's manual. And if a dealer will not fix your stated recall, that's a problem. Well, that's a manufacturer recall. They have to fix it. But, you know, some companies say, well, I don't have the part, but they're obligated to fix that recall because it comes from the manufacturer. So then that's when, if they don't fix it, go through arbitration. And then and if, if you want to understand what arbitration is, arbitration is between uh, the manufacturer and the customer, and you have a third party in there deciding what's going to happen. You can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, NHTSA, nhtsa.gov slash recall. Just put in that VIN, or you can find their Safer Car app. And have that on your phone with your VIN on it already. We're talking about how you get information for your vehicle, but we're also taking your vehicle repair questions. That email address where you can send us your questions is auto at mpbonline.org. Got a full bank of phone calls. Let's go to Lenny in Biloxi. Lenny, we're glad you've called in today. What's your comment or question? I think you're asking for Larry in Biloxi. All right, Larry, you too. (laughs) Uh, This this is a a topic on uh, tire pressure sensors. Um, When one goes out and you take it in to have a single one replaced, it's usually quite expensive. If you take it back to a Toyota dealer, they have a charge for figuring out which one it is and then a fairly substantial charge for the the uh, sensor and for putting it in, uh, it occurred to me it might make a lot of sense just to replace all four at one time. Uh, you can get four sensors for most Toyotas for uh, under a hundred dollars, and I was thinking about just getting four and taking it to a um, a tire shop and having all four replaced. Uh, is that within the capability of a normal tire shop? Oh, yeah, Big Ten Tire uh, Gateway, all of them can replace those tire sensors in there, but they're not going to let you bring your own tire sensors. They're going to, they'll have their own tire sensors, and they will read, because first of all, they got to recalibrate the sensors to match that car, and if you're going to replace all four of them, they're going to sell you four of them. Um, you could go somewhere, and they could put that yours in if you know a tire shop, you know, but they may not have the calibration uh, equipment to calibrate those sensors. Okay. 
But replacing all four at one time is probably a good idea, right? Yeah, because what it is, they all have batteries in them, and those batteries wear out over time, and you can't replace the batteries. You have to replace the sensor, right? And okay. if you're okay. going to do that, make sure you replace the one in the spare tire as well. Right. Okay. Thanks much. Yes, sir. Thank you, Larry in Biloxi. Let's now go to Stuart in Hernando. Thanks for calling into AutoCorrect with Coach Charlie. What's your comment or question? Hi, yes. Um, I have a 1997 Mercedes uh, CG30, and I put a new battery in it, but it keeps draining, especially if I don't drive it for a day or two. Um, do you have any ideas on what Yeah, if you put a new battery in there, it sounds like it's a parastatic draw. That means that when you got the key off, something's left on and it's draining that battery. I think what I would check and see if there's a light left on in the glove box, if there's a light left on in the trunk, or maybe a door is ajar because those will drain that battery constantly. And that's called a parastatic draw. Now, another thing that you might want to check, if the alternator could drain the battery as well. Okay. And like I said, um, and it, it does have an aftermarket like radio in there. Do you think that could be the problem as well? Yes, ma'am. If that light is on in that radio, anything that's drawing power, like I said, those are called parastatic draws. So anything that's drawing okay. power from that battery. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate your help. Yes, ma'am. So that would seem to me a pretty easy thing to diagnose if you have one of those tools that lets you know if power is drawing when it's not supposed to be? Well, really, if it's a, you got an amp gauge, an amp tool that you'd put on the fuses and see where it's drawing, and that's how you can tell. Because just think about it. When you, cut the glo- when you open the glove box, a light comes on. How do you know that light's on with a glove box shut? <laughs> see, so you had to really, in order to find a parastatic draw, you really need to take it to somebody and let them help you on that. All right. Let's go to John in Glendale. John, we're glad you called into AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Um, I have a 2006 Ford van, E350 model, Super Cub. Under the passenger seat, there is a sensor. And on my dash, I got a uh, traction deal, one on the dash and one on the uh, panel where the speedometer is. A lot of times you put on the brakes, it goes beep, 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 beep. And uh, I, they said that they don't sell those sensors no more. And uh, I think seen to locate one. And it, I just want to know if there's any way to bypass it or if it quit on me or what. You're saying that it, the, it's under the seat? Yeah, it's under the carpet, under the passenger seat. And it, it evidently has something to do with ABS, I mean, attraction control and wheel speed sensors? Is what it sounds like to me. Uh, What I would do, um, that's another good thing that we're going to talk about, these forms uh, where you can find more information. Uh, Forms are, you can get on the computer and you can type your vehicle in, just say, go to the Ford uh, website, and that Ford website will help you find and locate because there's different people on there that sell parts to vehicles as well. Uh, Well, I've I've tried. uh, They said that... uh, well, I've had it one or two places uh, try to locate one of them, but they said they don't make them no more. And uh, if I bought, if I, if I found a sensor, you know, a second a second hand one would run like four or six hundred dollars. A new one is about a thousand. And you uh, can't you can't find one at a salvage yard or anything. No. Okay, that's what. What if you went out of the state to try to find one? 
I know Texas has a lot and lots of big salvage yards that will sell those because it probably doesn't uh, have to be reprogrammed on that one. That's probably a plug and play on that one. Oh, how would I locate them? What I would do is get on the internet, go to uh, salvage yards. I would say Dallas or Houston because I bought a lot of parts out of Houston, and just type in your part and. Uh, it will come up, and they'll take in uh, whatever junkyard has it. They will uh, email you back. Okay, thank you, here. Yes, sir. Good luck with that, John. Um, yeah, the the forums. Uh, tell us about the wonders of the forums. If you think if you get on forums, Honda has their every manufacturer has one, and they're not made by the manufacturer. Some of them are, but most of them are just individuals out there talking about their vehicles, talking about their problems, where they can find parts, what are the best parts. But you just get on the internet, and you can go to any of them. But you got to be careful because. Some of them are going to try to tell you things and try to sell you things. Just when you read them, just take it all in, filter what you need, and then get on and off. I know after we bought our Civic, I couldn't remember the the, the dealer salesperson had showed me the click, hold, click, click to, like, roll all the windows down at the same time trick. And I couldn't remember that, but it was on, you know, there was a Honda forum, and that uh, was easily accessible there. Well, those forums, may they give you tips that maybe you can recalibrate uh, your windows or maybe, uh, you know, if you put a new window uh, regulator into a, a Toyota or a Honda now, they had to be programmed. Well, guess what? You can find that in those forums, and you can find it in the owner's manual. Yeah, you can also find out, um, I was looking for some floor mats. I mm-hmm. wanted to get some uh, weather, weather proof, and, you know, there are, Hon- there are original manufacturers make them, and then there are some high-end and some not quite high-end and really cheap, and I went to a forum to see, you know, what people's opinions were. Yeah, and they're very useful out there. Let's go to Biloxi and talk with Greg. Greg, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Yes, ma'am. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, in regard to the previous caller, the uh, question about the battery drain on the 97, I think she said it was a 97 Mercedes. Uh, yes, sir. I have a uh, – beg your pardon? I said yes, sir. That's all. Yeah. I have a 97 uh, Chevy pickup truck, and from that era, um, it has – uh, old style cell phone holder that mounted into the console and hold the phone. You know, back, that's the way we did phones back then. And that in my truck drained my battery. I didn't drive the truck a lot, so it didn't recharge. And I think she said that it sits up sometimes. Right. And and that that cell phone charger drew enough uh, amperage to to drain the battery. And so I was going to throw that at her in case she has one from that same era. And as well, um, these little plug-in cell phone USB chargers that have the little LED light on them. Right. If a car sits long enough, it seems like that will drain a battery. Yeah, um, anything. I know that's not much yeah, anything you have that's supposed to cut off when you cut the key off, and that's the thing. Those are called parastatic draws, and a lot of those things, if they're sticking, they're drawing power, and if you haven't run the vehicle for two or three days, it's going to run down. You're right. We couldn't. I couldn't figure out what it was with my truck until one day it was very silent. I was in there trying to figure it out, and I heard a, a little clicking. And remember, those things used to have a speaker that they would connect those those phone pedestals to. Right, you would hear them. Yeah, and it was just barely doing that, so it was just sitting there drawing 
power 24-7. So she might want to check for that, too. Yeah, there's a lot of times that I've heard go to a vehicle that you could hear the relay just clicking back and forth. Uh, it don't cut off with the key completely, and it just sits there and clicks. So that, yeah, anything yep. she needs to be looking for noise, and her mechanic should be able to find that pretty easy. Yep. I appreciate All it. Right. I just want to throw that out there. Thank you. Greg, you're our hero for sharing your experiences with you. We appreciate that. If you've got an experience or a question you would like to share with us, our email address where you can send questions or tell us your experiences is auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about the wonder of your owner's manual and all the different places you can find out information about your vehicle. And that's just between your repair questions. What's in the news? I'm going to tell you next. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Coach Charlie Melton, retired instructor from Clinton's High School's Automotive Technology Program, is our expert host. I'm Liz Gill. And, man, I hope you have downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. Yesterday on Fix It 101, we had a guy who was listening to the show in Florida over an app. Oh, that's so great. You can use that MPB public media app to listen live, but it also has a join MPB button where you can uh, make a contribution. And we really appreciate uh, the contributions that our listeners give in. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. So in the news, hey, next week is Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving travel is Picking up, it's projected uh, according to a AAA uh, press release. It should be just shy of pre-pandemic levels. So they're saying if you're traveling through Atlanta, they expect 105 percent of of uh, usual traffic. Ooh, that's a lot of traffic. Uh, don't you know if you're going to that Egg Bowl game? Be careful because everybody else is going to the Egg Bowl game or going back and forth to grandma's. And Mississippi has been ranked with the highest holiday motor vehicle fatality rate per 100,000 residents over the Thanksgiving to Christmas holiday period and the second highest teen driver fatality Fatality. fatality rate. So, you know, Coach and I, we were talking about, uh, you know, Mississippi has got lovely trees on the side of the road. So don't run into a tree. That's right. And Creature Comforts, that was heard on uh, November 17th, they talked about deer. We got a lot of deer. So be extra, extra careful this time of year driving around. We're talking about ways to find out about your vehicle through... Uh, we've talked about the owner's manual. We've talked about forums. and But we're also taking your email questions, auto at mpbonline.org. Let's talk with Dexter in Hattiesburg. Dexter, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Um, I got a 2002 Chevy, 20, Chevy Silverado 2500, and... When you match the gas, it doesn't go by like 35, 45 miles an hour. But if you stomp on it, then it'll go ahead and go on down the road. 
Well, what I was thinking on that, and Chevrolet and Ford both have the same problem. <clears throat> Excuse me. They have a uh, throttle body, and that throttle body plate in there gets carboned up. And when it gets carboned up, that flap doesn't close, and the accelerator cannot determine where your foot is or the gas. So what I would do is clean that uh, carbon out of that throttle body. And like I say, on some of them, you mm-hmm. can move the butterfly and clean it. Some of them, you can't. So I would take and look and see if this is one of those vehicles. Because some of them, I know Nissan, you cannot move that butterfly or you'll mess it up. But you can do a relearn after you clean it. There's a relearn process. Mm-hmm. And matter of fact, that is in your mm-hmm. owner's manual as well. It's called a relearn for the throttle body. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. All right. So uh, one of the things we do on AutoCorrect is we talk about recalls. What do you do if you've got a – how can you find out about your car if there's not a recall yet? Okay, the manufacturer puts out TSBs, and TSBs are technical service bulletins. They will put them out on their website in forms as well. And what that is, maybe they find something that's wrong with the vehicle and there's an easier way to fix it, but it's not recalled yet. Okay, now the manufacturer will fix that TSB. They'll fix the car, but it has to be under warranty. And then some manufacturers will extend the warranty for that TSB. So once again, go to their forms. You'll see a whole bunch of the TSBs on there, and that's how you can get them fixed. And you can find out if how long your warranty is by looking at your owner's manual. That's right. I love it how if folks listen to this show Things just all kind of link together, and you don't want to modify your vehicle to void your warranty. No matter of fact, in the uh, owner's manual, it tells you how you can modify some things and how you can on others. All right. Good to know. Let's go to Waynesboro and find out about a transmission issue. What's going on? This is uh, Thanks for calling AutoCorrect with Coach Charlie. How's it going? Yes, I have a 2015 F-150 Platinum. And it's got like 189,000 miles on it. I've never changed oil in the transmission. And when you're driving, like shifting gears, you don't slip or nothing. But you start up a hill, you feel that vibration in it. You know, it keeps going back and forth. And my question is, if it would be worth having it repaired or just changed to put a brand new transmission in it? Well, since you haven't changed the transmission fluid and you can feel it going up a hill, I would go ahead and try to change the transmission fluid in the vehicle but I don't really know if that's going to do you any good, you know, uh, because if it's already slipping on you, that's not a transmission fluid problem. That is a clutch problem on the inside of the transmission. Yeah, you think it'd be worth having it repaired or, or just put a brand new transmission in it, though? Well, if you think about having one repaired, okay, just say if you took it to Ramco or Amco or any of these Coleman, uh, if you took it to anywhere to rebuild it, they will give you a 36000 Some of them will give you a 36,000-mile warranty on it, and that is a new car warranty, 36000 So it'd be cheaper to get it rebuilt, and then they'll stand behind it. You know, you okay. talk you talk about anywhere between thirty five to four thousand dollars for a rebuilt one, five to eight for a new one. Okay. All right, I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thanks for calling in today. I love like the the land yap, the little bonus informations that are in the owner's manual, like driving habits that are, are good for your car. Sometimes it's been a while since some of us took driver's ed and might need to be reminded of good ways to drive. Well, a lot of times the orange manual, they'll have these highlighted uh, sections in the uh, 
owner's manual wanted to make sure that you read that part of it because that is telling you something about your car, telling you how you get better gas mileage and what type of fuel to put in it. So there's a lot of little bonuses that you may not know. You know, I was uh, driving my wife. She got her new car. And so we were driving it, and the bright lights were staying on. You drive down the highway, the bright lights would be on. And then when a car came, the bright lights would cut off. Okay, you can bypass that, but we didn't know how to bypass it until we went to the owner's manual again. You know, so there's a lot of good information in there. Well, and for folks who have, uh, you know, maybe it's been a while since they were a parent, but they're coming into grandparenthood, it shows you how to put in the the car seats because it's a little different now. Yeah, the car seats, spare tires. Uh, you talked about a little bit earlier about changing a tire. You know, I got stuck in uh, Arkansas without a spare tire because I didn't know the vehicle didn't have a spare tire and I didn't look at the owner's manual. Now I make sure it has a spare tire. I look at the owner's manual, know where the jack is and the lug nut and everything else for that. Yeah, you you. it's good to know, you know, what you've got uh, and, you know, good to know the different things about your car, you know, not only just the way it runs, but the way it looks. You know, we had a show talking about cleaning your car they have information about how to clean your car or what to do or what not to do in the owner's manual. With all these new cars, they got that uh, LED screen and all. You you can't just take and spray chemicals on it and wipe it off. You have to make sure you use a micro soft type uh, fiber uh, cloth for clean it out. And they will tell you all that in the owner's manual, how to maintain your car and even how to keep the outside shining. You know, so... Just make sure when you read it, make sure you understand it. If you do not understand it, call the manufacturer, call the dealer, and they'll they'll help you. And usually they will go through the owner's manual when you buy a vehicle. If you want them to, they'll sit there and start showing you things about the owner's manual. We even – I had a cousin who lived in Memphis, and when she bought her new car, the dealership had like a class, had a Saturday class on how to use all the features in your in your new car, how to do that parallel parking business and stuff. Well, the thing is, they're going to show you all that, but you may forget it, and it's in the owner's manual, so you can go back to it. And like I say, even if you have a teenager that's just fixing to drive, make sure they read that owner's manual because there's a lot of things, you know, safety, uh, road assist. I know a lot of times... Um, these new cars come with road assistance, so you want to make sure there's a number in there for that in the owner's manual, and there's usually a number for that on the car pillar uh, by the door as well. We're discussing how to find out about your car and taking your car repair questions. You can send us an email to auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up. I am always surprised at uh, the number of Mercedes uh, people who drive them, people who love them, uh, you know, when, um, what was it, that uh, the, one of those Top Gear, and they mm. would do it, the one, the Top Gear from England, they would always have and Mercedes, Mercedes yes. and I think, oh, well, they're fancy. Well, we got fancy people in Mississippi, and uh, Casey's got a Mercedes crossover electric coming up. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Some electric vehicles look super futuristic. Well, there's, well, you can barely tell they're electric. Mercedes splits the difference with its first ever electric crossover, the EQB. From the outside, it really looks like the gas-powered GLB, except for the plastic panel across the grill. Inside, there's some other nice little features inside. It's got heated seats. It's got the twin screen, infotainment screens. I like all that. That's just fine. But there's like this pixelated light in the dashboard 
that's unique to the electric vehicle. Looks really cool. Underneath the skin, has a 225 horsepower battery electric system. You can run 0, 60, and 7 seconds. That's not Tesla fast, but it's quick enough. Range is pretty good at 243 miles. You can recharge on a home charger in about 7 hours and 45 minutes. DC fast charger, you can go from 10 to 80% charge in 32 minutes. So the question you're going to ask is, what is all this going to cost me? Well, the EQB starts just under $55,000. This one, as it's equipped, $61,650. This is autocorrect. Hey, if you have missed any of this program, you can listen to the whole show later today from our website, autocorrect.mpbonline.org. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. We hope you'll stay tuned after the show at 11 a.m. at Southern Remedy Kids and Teens with Dr. Morgan McLeod. I'm Liz Gill, but our expert is Coach Charlie Melton, ASE Certified Master Technician. It's time for Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Well, you know, as we're talking about customer service, talking about owner's manual, if you're going to go into a dealership and you do have a problem with your vehicle, first of all, have patience with them. Be courteous because better more patients you have better off that uh manufacturer is going to help you because they are there to help you they want that repeat business that's right let's go to the phones and go to brookhaven and speak with jerry jerry we're glad you've called in to autocorrect today what's your comment or question y'all staying warm today uh, yes sir oh jerry jerry i found out my car has a heated steering wheel button i was so excited about that but you what what's going on with you i got a 2012 Silverado. It, it's got about 190,000 miles on it. I've had it two or three years, and um, it, it's 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 got a little sound coming from the motor. Every time I take it by my mechanic, it's not making that sound. It, it's running good. All the gauges appear normal, and it's kind of a tingling sound. How in the world would you ever, you know, it just irritates it, it, when it comes on. It, it's kind of irritating and bothers me, but uh, hopefully it's nothing that'll tear the motor up. Does it come on when it? Does it usually happen when it's cold, or does it happen when it's warm? No, just it, no. It did it, you know, not too long ago when it was hot. So, and and I hear it today. I'm driving around today, and I was just listening to y'all. Thought I'd run this by you. I know this is a kind of a, a tough question, and and uh, I guess I'm just going to have to leave it at my mechanics and uh, and, and let him try and. But the, the two times I've been by there, it wasn't making the noise. Does it make it in the front of the engine or the engine itself? Well, it's the, it's coming, you know, if you raise the hood, you can't really hear it as well because of the, uh, uh, the natural sound that the motor or engine makes kind of covers it up. But when, you, when you're standing just right beside the front of the car, and I, I can't tell what part of the engine it's coming from, but it's just a little tingling. You know, it's, it's not a scraping sound or 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 a bad sound, but it's just a little tingling-a-ling. Okay, that little tingling-a-ling could be your air conditioner compressor, uh, the bearing, not the bearing, but the clutch itself. It has a piece of metal on it, and every now and then it may be trying to engage, and if it's just, say, if it's going bad, it will make that noise, uh, and you it don't make it all the time, but it will make that noise because it's a two-piece clutch. 
on that. Yeah. Uh, so you might want to check that. Just make sure. And matter of fact, you can get out of the vehicle and just touch that clutch. You can just look at it from the top, matter of fact, and touch it with your fingers and see if it's okay. loose. And then the other thing I would do is check the tensioner. You know, usually a tensioner and a belt makes a chirping noise. Uh, since it's not chirping, yeah. it's tingling. That's metal against metal. Well, that's, yeah, that's kind of what it is, chirping, tingling. You know, yeah. that's exactly what if it it's is. chirping, I would. If it, if it sounds like it's chirping, I would go ahead and check the tensioner and that idler pulley right there. I got you. Well, I'm going to suggest that to my mechanic. I, I wouldn't dare try it myself. Okay. But, uh, I'll, I'll tell him what you said, Coach. Sounds good. Thank you, buddy. Okay, y'all have a great day here. Mm-hmm. So we got chirping, tingling. I still don't know what the difference between mashing and stomping is. To me, that's kind of the same, <laughs> same thing. thing. But let's go to Johnny in Lauderdale. Johnny, thanks for calling in today. What's your comment or question for Coach? Yes, I own a 2004 SSR. And last night it wouldn't start, but I jump-started it. And I can't find a battery to it. Well, either your battery on that one is going to be in the trunk or it's going to be under the right uh, seat on the back seat. It's not going to be on the front seat. It's going to be in the back seat underneath it or in the trunk. If you came uh, under, the pa- under the passenger under the seat, seat. Uh, it's probably not going to be on the front seat. It's probably going to be under the back seat. And it's usually going to be on the back seat on the left hand side for the, um, the driver's side back, uh, or it's going to be in the trunk because you see two posts up there. You see a positive post and a negative post, so you can jump it off right under the hood. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so that, that cable is probably, and once again, looking at your owner's manual is going to tell you exactly where that battery is. Okay, then. Uh, I'm having problems here, but uh, I heard you say on behind the uh, passenger seat. Yeah, look in your owner's manual, and it'll tell you where that battery is. But it's either in the trunk okay. or it's under the, uh, pass- the seat in the passenger seat. Yes. Okay. All right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, so I have a I put I have a challenge to everybody who's uh, listening in uh, to the show. On your way to wherever you're going for Thanksgiving, if you're going to Grandma's house, if you're going to the Egg Bowl, if you're going to Mammy and Papa's or whatever it is, take some time on the way there. If you're not the driver, <laughs> if you're not the driver, yes. <laughs> to read that owner's manual, pull it out, put it back when you're finished with it. Maybe put a pair of gloves in the glove box. But, uh, you know, look to see. We've got one minute left. Remind us of all the good things that might be in the owner's manual. Well, you're going to find where your fuses are, your relays are. It's going to give you uh, specifications of how much oil it takes to change the oil, the type of filter it takes. It'll give you some uh, troubleshooting tips. And most of all, it's going to give you information. If you had to go through arbitration, customer service, it gives you the manufacturer's phone number. And like I say, and the dealer's phone number. So all that stuff, and it tells you what every little uh, emoji like that's on the dash, what they mean, and how to operate them. Yeah, I love it. They uh, they tell you what where your spare tire is or where it's not. Oh, don't even get uh, don't even get me started on that. Just want to let you know on your uh, spare tire or your tires. Make sure that in this cold weather that you're checking the uh, inflation of that tire because every 10 degrees, it loses about a pound of pressure. Ooh. So you want to be careful on that. Very good to know. Thank you. I hope you have a fantastic Thanksgiving, Coach. Well, and you too. Thank you so much for asking. 
That's going to wrap us up for AutoCorrect. Everybody drive extra, extra safe. We don't want to be a statistic. Our crew consists of engineer Jay White, call screener Charles Arnold, and podcast producer Jermaine Flood. So for Coach Charlie Melton, master technician, I'm Liz Gill. Thanks for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Have a happy Thanksgiving. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.